celebrating we're going to do, we get to burn something. And so that's, that's going to be fun. And they're going to lay out some plans, got some exciting things to share with you, do a little philosophy, going to announce some new trustees, going to do something with this. And so that'll hopefully, no fingers will get injured in that, um, whatever's going on with that. But I, I want to I emphasize again what Brother Max said, it's family business. It, and we, we will, we are enjoying a, we haven't been enjoying several years, even before I got here, of unity and moving in the same direction and the blessing of God. And that is because of God's blessing, but it's also because of people getting on board with him and loving one another and buying into the truth of the word of God. And so I just... Anytime we get to these moments, I want to emphasize that within a church family, there will always be differences about minor details, and they are minor details, and, and then when a major detail comes up, well, then we know it and we, and we deal with it, but on nights like to this, the goal is to make sure that we understand where we're going and then to understand the blessing of God. And, and remember what scripture says, that it's good for brethren to dwell together in unity. And, and then just to celebrate that together, make sure our hearts are right with the Lord. For our guests that are here, and it's great to have you with us tonight. We have, we have zero problem with guests being a part of a service like this. And in fact, I encourage it. I told, I told one family, I'm like, just be here. That way, the more you're here for stuff like this, the more you can kind of figure out what we are and how we do things. They don't have anything to hide, don't have anything we're trying to hide, so just come be a part. It's a blessing, and so we're thankful for you being here. Let's all stand and open our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Thank you for standing to honor God's Word as we read it. Ephesians chapter 4. So I heard a, I heard a pastor say one time, Actually, the pastor has preached here a couple of years ago. He did our winter revival, Brother Sam Davison. In the service where he was preaching at, before he got up to preach, it had been over an hour. And he, he got up and he said, it's not that I don't know what time it is. I just don't care. <laughs> well, I haven't been pastoring long enough or preaching long enough <laughs> to... Uh, say something like that. Um, I, am, I am mindful of the time, but we have some details we need to get through tonight. And so for, for those who are part of our church family, I want to encourage you just to be patient with it. It's good. I'm going to go as quickly as I can, but I don't want to rush through it. And I just want to make sure to give proper attention to each detail that we need to and, and allow you to have any interactions that you need to as well. And, and then obviously we want to give attention to the Word of God also. And so this has to do with the theme tonight, choosing connection and, and what the goal is for that. For the Connect class, it's like, man, you're using the word connect a lot, Pastor. I know it's on my brain and I can't seem to get rid of it. And so I'm just going to keep using it until the Lord puts something else on my brain. So choosing connection is our theme for 2022, and we're going to introduce the idea of that tonight with this message. So Ephesians 4, verse number 13. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge 
of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So in verse number 13, we picked up in the middle of a thought that began back in the beginning of the chapter, which is dealing with a particular item here. And he's reinforcing it again in verse number 13. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. Not meaning someone who is sinless and hasn't ever or does ever do anything wrong, but someone who is mature unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men. And cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. I don't think you're paying attention. I'm going to go back and read that again. From whom? From Christ, out of him, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So here's the title, Choosing Connection. Father... Thank you that we get to be here tonight, and um, I have been looking forward to the night, and I am thankful for your blessing. And God, before your people, before you, I once again acknowledge just how humbling it is that you would bless your people the way that you are, and that you would work among us the way that you are. And the greatest blessing, Father, is nothing material. The greatest blessing is that we can know you. And the greatest blessing is to help others know you and to know your grace and to know the victory and the hope that you give, even in the most dire circumstances. So God, we rejoice in who you are, and I pray that you would use the message tonight to continue reinforcing an idea that is already being practiced, it's already in motion, but one that we so, it's so important for us to continue building on and in every way that we can to take to greater levels. So, Father, would you please bless tonight, not just the preaching and the response to it, but bless the evening together. Thank you already for the singing, both the special, the congregational singing, the offertory, Lord, the interaction. And would you bless us now in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. So, a couple of, a couple of weeks ago, like two, three weeks ago, I don't know if you remember this, Jaron, who is sitting here with his mama, hi, Bubba. Um, Jaron um, was sitting over here and then suddenly decided that he was going to go sit over there. And so I, I typically try not to be bothered by movements of other people's kids. And so it's like, just because it's my kid, I just need to focus and, and let this thing play out. Well, then he decided he no longer needed to be there, but he needed to be back over here. And then before I could really latch on to what was going on, he was up moving back over here. And I, at this point, I am done. I am done being a pastor. My child is running amok during the service, and i got to figure out what's, what's going on. And you ask, well, what happened? Well, nothing. He's, he's six. And it, it, just like with other five-year-olds and four-year-olds and three-year-olds and six-year-olds, 
the only way they can learn how to be in church is to be in church. And, and so we use Sunday nights, especially we use Sunday nights for that purpose. And so we bring kids in here. And, and listen, by the way, just a little bit of philosophy. It's not healthy for a church if you have to have a kids program every single service. And you ought to be here, and your kids ought to be here, even if all that we're doing is just meeting here together as a family. That is actually good for a church family, and it's good for kids. And so Jaron is up here, and he's over here, and he's over here, and he's about to make another escape over there. And I'm just sitting there thinking about that. Man, I praise the Lord that Jason has figured this out. I praise the Lord that my 15-year-old son is not acting like my 6-year-old son and that he understands, man, there's a time for moving around, there's a time for hanging out, but there comes a point when, man, I need to be in a seat and whether Bud is with me or not, I just need to sit there and pay attention because I probably won't always get to sit with Bud. And so I just, I need to lock in, I need to pay attention, I ought to be moving around. Here's what you call, the, here's what the difference is. The difference between Jaron and between Jason or any of my other older children who have figured these things out. It's a simple word that is described in many different ways here in the text, and that's the word maturity. The goal of Christ for every believer is the maturity of a child of God. As you know, people don't know everything when they get saved. I am thankful. I praise God that we're not saved because of what we know. We're saved because of who we trust in Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if you know what the Bible is. It doesn't matter if you know what this kind of church is. It doesn't matter if you've ever sang the song Amazing Grace. If you hear the gospel and you call on Jesus to be your Savior and truly believe in him, you are a child of God. Now, you're as much a child of God. Jaron is as much a child of Jonathan as Jason Pyle is. But there is obviously a difference in their maturity levels. And so God's desire is that when a person gets saved, when a person puts their faith in Jesus Christ, they then begin a process of growth. Please do not confuse, confuse that with working for your salvation. It is possible to get saved and then to die as an immature believer, though you may live a very long time. Maturity requires both the work of the Holy Spirit and the submission of the individual to the process that the Holy Spirit gives. But that's the desire of the Lord, is that every one of his children would mature. And so in verse number 15, he gives means by which that is going to happen. The truth, speaking the truth in love, may grow up unto him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. The truth is required in order to help people grow. But it also needs to be mixed with the right measure of Christ-like love. Now today, it's typical in secular Christianity for people to try and avoid confrontation and that they simply want to be affirmed all the time. But that's not what the Word of God is for. The Word of God is to correct us. The Word of God is to make us aware. The Word of God is to confront our attitudes or confront our lifestyles or to confront our directions, our tendencies that need to change. And then it's to affirm the movement towards doing right and obeying God and living the right kind of life. But then we also have to make sure we don't lose this balance. Whatever the truth is, and no matter how confrontational it is, It should always be spoken in love. 
Now look, I, I am constantly, because you know me, the intensity with which I deliver and the intensity with which I speak, I am constantly trying to evaluate myself and trying to rein myself in and make sure that I am being measured in certain ways. Because I need to balance, I need to balance intensity, but also balance it with this, that people know that they are cared for and that they are loved. And you know the tragedy that there are people in places of spiritual leadership who use the position of teaching or preaching for the purpose of grinding an axe with people or using that, using that position or using that truth to rail on or berate people. That's not the point of it. The point of bringing confrontational truth into people's view is so that in love you might help them become more like Jesus Christ. And so I have to confront Jaron. Jaron? Jaron! No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Jaron? You need, to, you need to sit up, you need to listen to mama. Good job. You know, that's, that's confrontation, but it's done in love. And it's that that is going to help and aid in the maturing process. And the goal, you say, well, what's the standard for maturity? In verse number 13, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The standard for maturity it's not Jonathan Pyle, it's not Patrick Winchester, it's not Don Jessup, it's not Jerry Jessup. The standard for the maturity of, that we are trying to attain is Jesus Christ himself. So you know what that means? We always have something to work on. We always have room to improve. We all always have areas in which we can grow. And the result of that maturity we find in verse number 14, it's this in a word, it's stability that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they, lay in, they lie in wait to deceive. It's amazing to watch believers go from a place of unpredictability to predictability. To watch young believers go from a place of, I don't know what to do, to now they are not only knowing what to do, but they're helping others know what to do. That's what maturity does. It creates stability. It creates a level of predictability to where as my children get over, and to a reasonable degree, none of them are perfect, obviously, because they're like me, but they're, to a degree, I can anticipate how they're going to respond the older that they get. It, not perfect, but there is a level of maturity that I can say, hey, I know that if I expect this, then this is going to happen, and this is going to be done, and they're going to handle themselves this way. Now, over here with Jaron and Jackson, if I left Jaron and Jackson at home and said, hey, fellas, take care of the house, I have no idea what's going to be left standing when I get home. I mean, they might sell everybody or put their brothers and sisters on eBay or something. I don't know what's going to happen. That's a, that's a level of immaturity, but the more mature believers get, the greater the level of stability so that, as the verse says, they're no longer carried away by false teaching. They're no longer moved or influenced by every distraction or fluctuation that comes along, but there is a steadiness and there is a dependability to them. So the goal of Jesus is the growth of all his children within his body. All right, we talked about this this morning. The body, the body, not the family. The body of Christ is a local New Testament church. In order to become a part of the family of God, you get saved. Every tongue, every tribe, every nation. But in order to be a part of his body, you are to be a part of a local 
visible New Testament church. Now, people, may, people claim this. Well, I'm a part of the universal church. Nowhere in scripture is the idea of some global church reference where we can just float around and be a part of whatever we want, whenever we want, however we want. Anytime a church is mentioned, it's mentioned within the context of a local setting that was a visible assembly of believers that came together for the purpose of following Jesus Christ and edifying one another. And so it may not be, it may not be this church, but you need to have a church that you are committed to and that you are a part of. No, don't get nervous about a statement like that. Man, we, we try to say guest, this to guests. I affirm this, whether it's from the pulpit or in my private conversations with guests. Listen, you may end up landing somewhere else, and there will be absolutely no hard feelings between me and you. You just need to make sure that you land somewhere where the word of God is being preached and where Jesus Christ is being lifted up and where people be, are being loved. You need to be a part of a church. Now, if you're looking for a church that you agree with 100%, good luck. You're never going to land anywhere. But if there is a place where those things are in place, then you need to get in that place. You're a part of his body. So if you're part of his body, if you're in a church, if you're coming to a church, you're trying to be a part of a church, can I encourage you with this? Jesus has a primary goal for you, and that is your maturity. God wants this pastor maturing. God wants our youth team maturing. God wants our children's team maturing. God wants our nursery workers maturing. God wants our safety team maturing. God wants our musicians maturing. God wants our sound team and our video team maturing. God wants our greeters maturing. God wants our ushers maturing. Everyone that is a part in any way, in any shape or form, God wants them to be in a process of maturing. And so it's pointed out here that growth is a result of the right kind of leadership. Go back two verses to verse number 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Different leadership gifts, but all having to do in one way or another with administration and with the work or the ministry of the word of God. Not all in one person, different people having different gifts to be utilized. And so God will use that leadership to accomplish the purpose of communicating the word and organizing efforts and organizing movement and continuing to communicate the word, which, which when it's received, it will result in producing growth. It will result in producing maturity. That's what God will use leadership in a church for. Communicate the word, truth and love, produce maturity. It, this isn't the main point. I just want to ask you, can you notice maturity in your life? You notice maturity in your life? I, I, one of the things I really enjoy about an iPhone, how it makes the memories out of the photos. Okay, look, I'm already slightly emotional. I start looking at pictures of my kids from 2018. The first picture we took at a park by our house to now, I get a little teary-eyed. Jason, no, Jason, when we got here, was like at his mama's elbow. And now he's looking his mama in the face. No, I kind of get teary-eyed. It's, it's fun. It's emotional. 
to be able to look at my children and see there's evidence of maturity. Can you see evidence of maturity in your life spiritually? Can you, can you see evidence in your life of how your walk with God has improved, how your habits have stabilized or improved, how your attitude has been corrected, how you're handling things in a biblical way, how your witnessing has improved, how your service has improved? Is there any evidence as you look back over the past year, as you look back at 2021, as you look at your response to different things, at your response to authority or your response to expectation or your involvement in people's lives or your attitude at work or the way you're handling yourself at home. Can you look at your life and say there have been some obvious steps, some obvious progressions of maturity? You say, well, I'm not, I'm not a teacher, so it's not really important that I do that. Well, I'm not the pastor, I'm not the song leader, I don't play for the offertory, so it's not, it doesn't really matter if I mature. No, I'm about to explain to you how important that it is, how important it is to everyone that you mature. But please understand this, the number one reason it's important is because that's Jesus' objective. And if Jesus died to save you, then he has a right to expect that you be making progress in your life. And one of the things that he has given to enable that maturing process is a pastor and other church leaders who will consistently and faithfully declare the word of God so that you might eat and drink the truth in love and grow up in him in all areas of your life. Man, it's good stuff. I'm, okay, I'm not done basking in it. I thank God that this church benefits from more people than just me. Andrew Marcham wasn't able to be here today, doing a great job in the Connect class. Brian Acosta, as I've gone into ministering to the royal heirs, doing a great job in the sanctuary class. I look at Miss Nicole, I look at Miss Megan over here. I'm not going to call all the teachers because I'll forget them. I look at Miss Tina, I look at Brother Dave, I look at the Fiavis, and I look at the Wicklands, and then I look at the Matas and what they do with youth, and then I look at Brother Kane and how he's taking on some responsibility. Man, let me just talk about the Canes for a minute. You go from pastoring, then you come and you say, you know what, whatever I can do to be a blessing. And right now, Brother Kane, I'm going to have you fill in for me sometimes, but on a consistent basis, the thing that we need right now is someone to handle the bus. And so the man goes from pastoring the church to being willing to drive and make sure a bus route is being visited. That is called maturity. And I'm thankful across the board that God has given this place people from our nursery all the way to our royal heirs, all the way across. He has given men and women to communicate the word of God to enable people to have the opportunity to grow up in Jesus Christ. Look, if you're consistently a part of this church and you're not growing, that's not necessarily an indictment on the church. Because truth in love is being given. Oh, it's not being given perfectly. Look, I, I looked in the mirror this morning. I got on my knees this morning. I'm reminded daily that this church is being blessed not because of my perfection, no, I'm reminded daily of that. I sat out in the parking lot last Sunday night and just stood in amazement, even, even on a day when there has been sickness and even on a day when it's not what it normally is, just seeing that even on low days, it's still higher than it used to be and seeing how God is blessing and seeing how God is working in people's hearts. It's just stunning to me and I sit back there after everybody's gone home and I say, God, I don't know how you're doing this. Wait, I know it's not because of me, it's because of you and I'm amazed at the work of God. There's opportunity for growth and maturity here. But it's not just that. 
You say, man, so, so a church grows because they have the right kind of leadership, communicating the truth of God with the right kind of spirit. That's part of it. It is part of it. Don't be afraid of that. He gave some for the perfecting, for the edifying. That's part of it. But that's not all of it. That's not all of it. The, the result of maturity isn't just the communication of the truth of the word of God in love. It's not just the leadership of the church that is resulting in people growing. It is an entire effort from an entire body that results in every member having the opportunity to grow. Look at, with me at verse number 16. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Note, did you notice a phrase at the end? Maketh, un, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of, what's the word? Itself in love. Let me define a couple of words. The word fitly, used at the beginning of the verse, means something that fits. <laughs> it, it means that it's suitable. So I've enjoyed, I, I enjoy going into a store and trying on a suit. And every now and then, just for kicks, I want to imagine what it would be like to be Brother Feavai's size. And so I'll throw on a, what do you wear? 46, well, I was going to say a 48. I just throw on one of those, and I look like Jaron would look in my suit. You say, it doesn't, a guy walking by with the tape measure and the glasses down, he's like, sir, that's not your size. I'm like, mind your own business, bro. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. Say my first rodeo. <laughs> no, it's obvious. It's not suitable for me. It, it doesn't fit. That, that's not, that, I'm not the right type. For that suit, and that's not the right size for me, but for something to be fitly, you've got to get, for me, you've got to get into the 40 athletic, the 40 short athletic. <laughs> if you want something that fits me as well as it can fit me, unless I'm going to get a tailor, it's somewhere in that 40 short athletic fit. That's, that is the size that fits me. It's suitable. It's right for me. And then the word compacted. In the phrase compacted together, it means it's solid and it's strong. It's not on an insecure foundation. No, they have battles within and there are attacks from without and there are challenges and there are adversities and there are ups and there are downs. But because they are finding strength in their foundation who is Jesus Christ, but because his maturity is permeating and penetrating the entire membership of the congregation, they aren't just, they are finding strength, not just in their foundation in Christ, but they're finding strength in one another. It's compacted together. They're being built together. And then we see these phrases, by that which every joint supplieth. And then this, the effectual working of every part. Oh, this is good. This is so good. No, you sit, you sit here, you get comfortable, and you're like, yep, yep. If I have a, if I have a good pastor, man, then, and the truth is being spoken in love, then that means, yep, that means that I'm going to have the opportunity to mature. 
but the phrase, that which every joint supplieth, and that which every part brings to the table, it helps us to understand that a church needs more than just what is coming from the pastor. God never intended for there to be one-man shows. God never intended for any minister of the gospel in any capacity to be some kind of maverick. You look at the life of Jesus Christ. God in flesh, he had people ministering to him. He had women ministering to him, and he had disciples and apostles learning how to minister to and with him. Then you look at the apostle Paul. He didn't just have Timothy and Titus. He had lay people like Aquila and like Priscilla and other ladies and other men that he called out who were ministering ministering to him and who through ministering to him were helping the ministry in churches please get this West Valley Baptist Church doesn't just need Jonathan Pyle what's coming from him it needs everything that's coming from people like the Slagles and like the Murphys and like the Wilkies and like the Katonas and like the Christ because you are bringing something to the table as well no I'm intense but I'm smiling right now I just want you to get this point. This is not a one-man show. And this guy knows that it's not a one-man show. If it's a one-man show, you know who the one is? Jesus Christ. No, he's the one that walks among the churches. He is the one who walks among the seven golden candlesticks. He is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He is the one to whom we will give an account. So if it's about any one individual, it is about him. But when it comes to the growth and the maturity of a church, it's not just about what Jonathan, what Pastor Jonathan brings to the table. It's about what Rhonda Wicklund brings to the table. It's about what Brenda Dewey brings to the table. It's about what Marcus and Amy Mitchell bring to the table. It's about what the Ramirez's bring to the table and the Razumovs bring to the table. It's about a, a family like the Selvages, what they bring to the table. No, I just go, I could go on and on and on and talk about the newest member, Brother Jesse, who just joined and others who are seeking to join. Listen, I'm telling you, this is not just about what this man or this leadership team brings to the table because there is something in each and every one of you that each and every one of you need in order for us to mature. So please get these things. You have a supply to offer. And notice what it says in verse number 16. Compacted by that which every joint, what's the word? Oh, come on. What's the word? Every, every joint supplieth. I told, ask me before December the 23rd how many times I thought about my elbow last year. Zero. Thank you, Miss Rachel. I made this joke with the Sunday school class this morning. I didn't look in the mirror and go, ooh, spicy elbow. It's a good-looking elbow right there, babe. Recognize. <coughs> Recognize the beauty of that nubby bone right there. I didn't do that. Didn't even think about it. But now I have to get help putting my suit coat on. Sometimes I still need help getting a belt on. You know what I'm realizing? Realizing that there, there are supplies that these joints make that can't be replicated by any other part. No, my knees are important, but they can't do what my elbow does. My eyes are really important, but they can't do what my elbow does. My ears are important, 
but they can't do what my elbow does. My feet and my toes are important, but they can't do what my elbow does. You need to understand that you, even if you don't fully know what it is, even if you're struggling to identify what it is, even if you feel kind of lost or maybe the newness still hasn't worn off and you're trying to find your place, even if you're going through some kind of personal struggle and you're trying to figure out what it's going to look like, can I remind you of this, that every joint has a supply that matters to the life of this church. Every part matters to God. Every person has their place. Every contribution is needed. You have a supply to offer. And it's, it's so good to see Miss Joe right here. And Miss Darla. Man, Miss Joe, Brother Garrett have been going through it. Like, well, I mean, they just have so much going on and the battles are so hard and and so what, what in the world could they possibly offer? Far more than you think. And here's how we know this, because Jesus said it to be so. And so even someone who may be limited and going through some challenges, and even someone who maybe doesn't have as much ability as other people do, every joint has a supply, every member has a contribution to make, and you have a part to play in the life and in the maturing process of this church. I said it. You have a part to play in the maturing process of this church. Not only that, but you have need of the supply that someone else offers. This is what I'm afraid. I, I'm afraid of this ever happening at West Valley. And I have seen it happen in other places. We get to the point in our own lives where we feel like, I am above needing that trivial stuff. I am above needing that contribution. I am above needing that investment. I am above needing interaction with them. I am, I, I have outgrown my need to be a part of that family. No, you have need of a supply that someone else offers. Man, I, no, <laughs> please get it. You don't, Man, I need, the, I need the pastor's preaching, yeah, but you just, that's not the only thing you need. You need to interact with the Slagles. Okay, Brother, brother Z is thankful for the Slagles. <laughs> you need to interact with the Timmermans. Yeah. You, you need to interact with the Wicklands. You need to interact with Brother Robert Muir and his family, Mr. and Ms. Carroll. No, and I could go, you need, to, you need to interact. These people have benefit, have contribution that will be a help to the maturing process in your life. So when we talk about the increase or the maturing of the entire body, it's not merely a collection of random parts. This body is masterfully put together by the Savior and every member contributes to every other member and every member benefits from every other member. So here's the idea. The connection of each member aids in the growth of every member. The more members are connected, the more members can grow. Now, but you just, if you're thinking, well, he's just talking about me. If I'll get more connected, then I can grow. No, that's part of it. But when you get connected, you increase the capacity for others to grow as well. Because they have, someone to, they have someone to benefit from. They have someone to invest in. They have someone to be invested in by. 
the connection of each member increases the ability of every member to grow. So hence the theme, choosing connection. After the, the last year and a half, two years, whatever it's been that we've come out of, we have seen an, an intentional effort to discourage people from connecting with one another. Uh, it's, it has been a direct assault on people interacting with one another. Yeah, I, I still, I'm, I hope God helps me remember this. I remember in, it, sometime late in 2020, I was at the neighborhood Walmart neighborhood market um, here in Nampa, and there were, and you know how you have the self checkout there, and there's usually an employee monitoring it, and and I go in, and I just I walk by the gentleman, and I look at him, and I just say, "Hey, how you doing?" And literally, this is what happened. And so, I mean, you know me. When that happens, I'm just going to obviously leave him alone. So I pay for my stuff, and then I walk back to him. How you doing? No, our, there's been an intentional effort to make people afraid of each other. I want to remind you that the word of God was around before COVID was a thing, and when COVID is no longer useful to the agenda of radical elitists, the word of God will still be true. And you know what the truth is? You need each other. You need each other. No, I need a pastor. No, you do need a pastor. But I need each other. Okay, I'm not, I, don't, I don't have some kind of personality disorder when I say that. No, no. I don't just need to be a good pastor. I need to have interactions with other godly women and men who can help me grow because I'm not a finished product either. And there's still maturing that needs to take place in my life. And the day I stop maturing is the day I am in great danger of something catastrophic and that I'm no longer going to be as useful to the life of this church as I ought to be. And I ought to be maturing until the day, the moment Jesus takes me to heaven. It's not just that you need each other. We need each other. Mm -hmm. We certainly do. So choose connection. I want to give an illustration of what that's supposed to look like. And so, Brother Z, can you come on up here? And we're going to do this really quick. Ben, you got that? Run that up here, please. Or just throw it to me. Let's see how this goes. Yeah, sure, something like that. All right. All right. So we got, we got some kids here that are going to help us put together this puzzle. And so Brother Z is going to call out a number. And, and these kids, we tried to get one from as many families as possible to represent the families of our church. All right. So Brother Z, call out a number. One. Let's get, you got to, if you're number one, get up here. Okay. Brother Z, how about we do this? Brother Z, how about you just look at somebody and call out their name? Come on, Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. Wow. Do you lift weights? You actually are strong. Wow. That's impressive. Now, careful with your fingers. Woo. Look at that. Good job. All right. Hey, hey, stand up right here. Stand up right here. Stand up on that stool. One more. She represents a family. They're not the whole puzzle. 
But they're a piece to the puzzle. She's got a daddy. She's got a mama. Got some siblings. It's a part of the puzzle. All right, good job, sweetie. You can go sit down. Good job. Oh, get it up there, bud. Oh, look at this. Can you get it in there? Push it in there. Don't smash your fingers. All right, turn around. Turn around. Turn around. No, I love this. Brother. Oh, yeah. Hey, somebody be taking pictures. We need pictures of this, please. Somebody bust it out real fast. Thank you, brother. Just be getting pictures. No, I love this. I love this. Brother Chris, before he was deployed, he met with me and he said, Pastor, I need, I need my family. We need to be able to join this church. And I'm like, well, Brother Chris, we typically don't do things that quick. Just because I want people to be around for a little while. I want you to know what you're getting into. And, and I just like people to take their time. I don't, I don't like things to be rushed. And he said, bro, I, we've been talking to my, to my in-laws, Michelle's parents, and we, we, we are confident in this. But then he made a statement like, and I can't remember exactly, but he, but he said something like this. My family needs to be connected with the church like this, especially while I'm gone. They're peace. It's a good job. Go ahead. All right, come on up. Hey, I have a question. Are you stronger than Cassidy? You don't think so? <laughs> and hey, stand up on that stool for a minute. Look, man, I am thankful for the effort and the price that the Winchesters pay to be a part. Amen. Amen. Thank for it. I look at I look at Brother Scott back there. I look at Brother Patrick. Brother Scott drives like thirty minutes, and then Brother Patrick's like pansy i'm gonna drive an hour <laughs> no just one way just one way but hey i want to listen man they're a great blessing to us right but brother patrick and miss eileen would be the first to tell you this church has been a great blessing to them it's a piece it's a piece of it good job oh speaking of scott and hey brother scott i have a question do you like your grandkids better than your kids yeah, amen. <laughs> go ahead, gentlemen. Watch your finger. There you go. Mm. Come and stand up here. Stand up here. I like it. It's like it. I, I don't know why. I, I, the other day, I walked. I just walked in front of the office door. And I, I remember one, one of my mentors when I was still a student. And he said this to me. He said, he said this to our class. He said, one day, if God allows, you'll have the chance to look out a, a parking lot from an office. And you're going to see a mom and a dad holding hands and walking up that parking lot with their kids' hands. And you're going to realize that every sacrifice you've ever had to make and every late night you have to deal with and every heartache you have to go through, it's worth it because God is helping build people's lives. And I looked out there and I saw Mark and Chris and Gemma, Jack and Kate just walking up like I've seen so many other families do. And, and I'm thankful. I'm thankful. The Wilkies, not the whole puzzle, but they're a piece to the puzzle. Just good job, Gemma. 
Emily Wright. Yeah. Eric, come back, come back up here. Man, I started this. I got to say something good about everybody now. <laughs> Wait until the pile kids start getting up here, and then I won't say anything. Man, I look. Man, I just had breakfast with you. Why can't I remember your name? I am completely losing my mind right now. Jeremy, good night, and Stephanie, sorry. Good grief. I'm 40, y'all. It's happening. Anyway. <laughs> It, man, you have a, you have a, you have a, you have a family like the Marchams that move here, who have an influence on other family members. And like you know, we really need to find a church, even if we got to move from California. Thank God you can leave California. Thank God for the people who stay in California. No, thank God for it. No, thank God for it. Light needs to be everywhere, but thank God that you can leave California. And I thank God that I don't have to tell anybody I left California because I didn't leave California. <laughs> All right. And so a family comes and they're like, man, this is a little different. And Jeremy and Stephanie would tell you, this is a little different than anything that they've ever been a part of. But they've given it time. No, to every family that's trying to figure out where to land, let me just encourage you to talk, to talk to families like the Marchams or Jeremy and Stephanie, and they've given it time, and they've asked questions, and they've understood, we are getting things here that our family needs. And like, we don't, we're not the whole piece, but, but we want to be a part of it. Put the piece in, that's a good job. Mmm. 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 I'll never pretend to understand what this mama and these babies have gone through. But we stood there with them almost from the moment it happened. I'm going to show you some budget items tonight. And I, I just want to take a moment to thank this church family for letting me have the freedom to be a pastor to people when they need it. And letting me, allowing me to have the freedom to just make decisions without having to have some kind of committee meeting or have some kind of church vote just to trust that I'm trying to be led by the Spirit of God. And as we sat on the couch with Yelena, and as I've sat so many times in the back with her, I've told her, Yelena, I can't tell you when this is going to stop being miserable. I don't know when it'll stop. I don't know when it's going to stop. But I'm telling you, generations will be changed if you'll just stay connected. And so to the credit of a woman of faith, she has kept her piece in the puzzle. And it's been good for her been good for Dwight, <laughs> your Don. It's been good for Melina. Amen. Does this church love you? Yes. Hey, look at me. Does this church love you? Yes. Yeah. It's been good for them. But it's been good for us, too. Amen. 
every time you want to whine and complain about something that's getting on your nerves, and then you come in and you see them running around with joy and smiles. I'm thankful that the piece is still in the puzzle. Because there are other pieces connected to it. That's a good job. Come on, Princess Samuel. <laughs> okay, okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. No, hang on, hang on, hang on, turn around. Look, we made that joke early on. He still doesn't like it, but I don't care, so whatever. <laughs> yeah, good. You stick it up there. I want you to stick it. Get, get up there. Yeah, get it in there. Man, look at, no, look at that. Man, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just thankful. You know, I'm thankful when God brings people here for the right reason. Marcus and Amy just coming along, and Audrey and Gretchen and Samuel, Prince. <laughs> S. Samuel. Yeah, anyway, God brings them along. And, just, and, and I've heard this sentiment expressed to me so many times. I've done all kinds of things. But whatever we need to do to be a blessing, just, we just want to be a part of it. It's a good job, man. Harper May. Just stand up here. This is what, this is what I dream about. No, I want you to get this. This is what I dream about. Her grandma sitting over here. And her parents are sitting over here. And one day, her children's great-grandmother will be sitting over there. And her parents will be sitting somewhere, as long as Robbie hasn't lost his mind. <laughs> you know what it is? It's generational faith. One generation, Psalm 145 talks about this, shall declare thy works to another generation. Same thing. I look at how the Wilkies have come here. I talk about the Wicklands because they've grown up around this. I love, man, it, it, to see the maturing process that has taken place in a young man who became a grown man, who has become a godly man, who is now raising children to be godly men and women. It's amazing. And now they're teaching, as they were taught, their children to put their peace in its place. It's good stuff. I got nothing good to say, pal. I just, <laughs> just, just put it there. and It's about how it goes with us sometimes. <laughs> say cheese. All right, you're out. Thank you. <laughs> Come on. Good job. Man, can we trust you brothers not to be competitive? Timothy, see if you can do it better than Jonathan did. Timothy wins. <laughs> God bringing a family. And look, I, I've had this conversation several times. I can't tell you how many people have, who have come here who worked with youth in previous experiences. And here's what I've had to tell every one of them. And, I, and I'm not sorry for this. I'm, I'm just respectful about it. I've had to tell several people this. We already have a really good youth team. 
No, <laughs> we have a really good youth team here and here. We have a really good youth team, thankful for them. So you might not be able to serve in the exact same way, but there will be a place. And then I, I just give it time, and I seek the Lord, and I'm like, man, Andrew and Marjorie, I, for years this church has lacked in a ministry to singles on any level. And I've had a desire for it. We just haven't been able to get the ball rolling on it. And maybe some of that's my fault. I think some of it's just the Lord's timing, and there haven't, there haven't been the right people at the right time, and I can't help that. But would you consider doing that? This is what they told me. Pastor, we've never done anything like that. I'm like, that's okay. God's the one who does it anyway. Can you just get in there and love people and teach the Bible? Yeah, we can do that. And you know what? To people that are in that class consistently, it's going great. Everyone who's in that Connect class with any consistency, they do a phenomenal job of interacting, of pursuing, of having activities, of teaching and loving and praying. Good job, fellas. Mm. I just, I just got to keep talking about, you don't have to stand on the stool because you're almost tall as me like you are. <laughs> I just, I, I'm amazed at this. I, I'm amazed. I'm, I'm stunned by it. Michael Kane is just as much of a pastor as I am. You know why I'm the pastor here? Because I'm supposed to be. And you know why he and his wife led their family to be here? You ask them, they believe it's what God wanted for them and for their family. That's it, period. And coming in without any effort to flex or to critique. Look, if Brother Michael had a serious concern about something that really mattered, he would be man enough to come and talk to me. And he would love me enough to come and talk to me. But you know what his attitude has been? I can take you back to where both of our families sat at IHOP. And we just began to talk. And, I be, and, and I'm just trying to be careful. I'm trying to say, brother, I, I love you. And I, and I want this place to be a family where, be a church family where your family can come and, and be helped and encouraged by. But also where you can grow and you can increase. And you can help us to increase in all the ways we need to. But I can't predict what that's going to look like. And this was he and his wife's attitude from the beginning. Doesn't matter. Wherever God wants us to fit. And to have a pastor who's older than you, say to your face, wherever God will have us fit, we are with you and we are for you. You can't imagine how humbling that is. They just find their place. And this is what's been amazing. You've seen this. The canes fit. Yeah. Right. Amen. They fit. I mean, even Garrett in his hair. <laughs> They fit. Good job, sweetie. This one's over here, Charlie. Turn around. The Tinsley's first Sunday here was David Hetzer's last Sunday here. <laughs> Talk about bad timing. No, when I saw them and David was like, hey, there was this really sharp Air Force family here. I'm like, well, they're gone. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't going to go well. You know what? I, look, I could, I could, have, I could have Justin. I, I talked to the Sunday school class about this this morning. I was so, 
And I haven't lost all of it. I was so scared of coming here. Because I know me. I can't do this. I, I know I can't do this on my own. It's, I don't have every gift that other people I look up to have. And I'm thankful that the Lord's confronted me and convicted me and reminded me over and over and over again. Pile, if you're thinking it's about you, you're focused on the wrong person. It's about me. And I never promised that you would build my church. I promised that I would build my church. Amen. I think it's amazing. God sends a family like the Tinsleys that he knew would jump in and be on board. First day I got here. It's a blessing. Finding their place. All the way at the end, Mr. Quinn. And just stand up here for a minute. I like it. Like, I like how talented Miss Rebecca is. And I like how valuable Miss Rebecca is. I like how useful Miss Rebecca is. I like how faithful Miss Rebecca is. I like how much hair Miss Rebecca has on her head. Okay. I'm going to get hosed again. It's okay. I've got it coming. Brother Adam and Miss Becca, just whatever we can do to be a blessing. I, I love this about Miss Jessica, Miss Nicole, and Miss Rebecca. There is zero competition about that piano. Both of those ladies, when they got here, I, I explained to them, hey, we have a church pianist, and Miss Jessica has been faithful and does an amazing job, and I'm thankful for her. But her desire isn't to hog anything. And over time, room has been made and ways have been made for other ladies to get involved. And this has been the attitude, however, whenever, whatever. And our church has benefited from it. And whether it's Brother Adam working and helping out in the sound and in the video, and he does a great job of that, or Miss Rebecca in the music, or them subbing and filling in for teachers and being a regular go-to substitution team when we have people missing, whatever, or however it can be helped, whatever it is, man, just... Finding their place. Go ahead and you sit down. Good job, Quinn. And then we have our last toddler. <laughs> yeah. Man, just, just stay here. Thanks for a second. We'll just stand like this, okay? That's all good. <laughs> Miss June was such a huge blessing to me transitioning from David to here. Huge blessing to me. In, in ways I can't even explain to you, a huge help. And then the time comes and she's like, Pastor, I need to, I need to retire. I'm like, <laughs> and then just at the right time, God was making changes in Joanna's life. And, and, and my wife can tell you and the trustees can tell you, I went through a thorough process of just trying to identify the right person. And this was the person that God kept bringing to mind. But it's not just her. A husband and a wife, a dad and a mom had to make a decision on the other side of the country. God is moving us. And Brother Dave was one of those people I had a conversation with. He was like, hey, I did all these things that 
another church. I'm like, I can't promise you that it's going to look the same here, but if you'll just be faithful and you'll get, in, you'll get on board, God will heal you, God will encourage you, God will help you, and God will help you to fit exactly where you need to be. And to his praise, he has with them. It's a blessing. Thank you, sis. You know what this is? It's a family. You know why it looks like it does? Because every piece is in its place. You start taking pieces out. And for the sake of time, I'm not going to do it. I intended to. I'm not going to. You start taking pieces out. And it doesn't hold up like it used to. You start checking out. You start developing resentment. You start forsaking responsibility. You start being critical or complaining. You start just not caring or you lose some intensity. It affects it overall. You know, we, we designed this for the cross, the cross to be at the center. And as long as Jesus Christ is in the center, then everything will be in its place. But we can get focused on the wrong thing and pieces can fall out of place. And when they do, the entire... The entire body suffers from it. I hope you can see it. I don't remember who put what pieces where. I think Melina maybe put this piece up over here. Do you understand that she's just not finding, her family is finding stability by being a part of this, but the rest of the family is finding stability by her being a part of this. And, th and then I look over here at the Kreitz man. I think it was Luke or Jackson that was trying to jump into the offering plate tonight. It was wonderful. Maggie whispered to me, he's trying to tithe himself. And I'm like, praise the Lord, bring him here. Chuck him in. I mean, I'm not going to raise him like Samuel. I don't know if Andrea wants another kid or not. But I mean, yeah, whatever. No, it, but the Kreitz, the Kreitz, they find stability by being a part of this. But it's not just them that find stability. We find stability by them being a part of this. This puzzle is not complete without every member being in its place. So let me give you some points that are going to pop up here, some challenges. Number one, connect with God daily. Every day you need to make sure that you are connecting with God and that he is in his proper place in the puzzle of your life. Look, you have work and you have friendships and you have hobbies and you have bills and you have health and you have education and you have goals that you're trying to achieve. You have all of those things, but your life is not going to be held together the right way if God does not have his place in your life. And far too many of God's people are trying to put together the puzzle of their life, but they are not connecting with God. God is not in his place. Connect with God daily. Number two, connect with people regularly. Hey, we don't just come to church to preach and sing. We do that, but you need each other. And you don't just need each other on Sunday. You need each other Monday through Saturday as well. Everybody can't connect with everybody, but everybody can connect with somebody. Connect with people regularly. Members, be connecting with one another. We must work at connecting with our guests. I, I shared this in our teachers meeting this morning. This doesn't happen often, but I noticed it. And I, I determined to bring it up tonight just as an encouragement. About three weeks ago or three or four weeks ago, Andrea and I were in, in a position where we could see there were some guests that were sitting over here where Ms. Jiang was, is sitting. And, and several regular attenders walked by those guests and nobody stopped and said hello. 
And, I, and I'm not mad about that. I'm not angry about that. I just want to remind you that it is really easy for us to walk by people on our way to talk to other people. And sometimes that's necessary. But we have to train ourselves to look for people that don't have anyone talking to them. No, we have to train ourselves to do that. And if there is a face that doesn't seem like, man, I don't know them, then at least stop and say, hey, I'm really glad that you came. And maybe that's all it is. Maybe it turns into something else. But people need someone to connect with. Listen, if we want God to continue to bring people in here to find their place, they have to have someone to connect with them. And it can't just be a few people trying to do it. It's got to be everybody trying to do it. We've got to connect with people regularly by being witnesses to the gospel. You understand, if I could take one of these pieces out, there are people living their lives on an island, and there is no, the puzzle of their life is nothing but a jumbled mess. And you know why? Because they're not connected to Jesus Christ. And if we'll give them the gospel, we are, putting, we are helping the, the puzzle of their life get into order. Number three, connect with service faithfully. What do you mean? Find something to do here. Number one, be here. Say, I don't know what to do here. Be here. Number two, find something to do here. It may not start off being the most glamorous thing, but it is an important thing. There are cleaning teams that need to be helped. I'll, I'll say it again. There are cleaning teams that need to be helped. You say, those don't matter. No, it matters when a guest comes in that they see a church that is picked up and that's clean and that smells like it's been cleaned. That matters a lot. No, we can always use more nursery workers, ladies. Thank you, Miss Danielle. We can always use more nursery workers. Brother Nate is still allowing people to get involved in the choir, hallelujah. No, there are places, and, and as God does something with our building, and as the facilities increase, the capacity to do ministry will increase, but you could just start by being here and by saying, hey, I may not have an official title right now, but I can talk to some guests. Yep. Not in a squeaky of a voice. <laughs> Here's the problems, and then we'll be done with this part. We think connection is something someone else does for us. I, I'm not going to make you connected. I can contribute to it, but if you get connected, it's going to be because by the grace of God, you determine I am going to get in. And I'm not going to get connected because I agree with every single thing. I'm going to get connected because I believe that this church is moving in the right direction, and God is working, and God is helping, and God is blessing, and I am in. And my family will benefit from that, and we will be used to be a benefit to that. I am in. You'll decide that. You'll decide that. Number two, reasons we don't get connected, we overvalue or undervalue. Sometimes we overvalue our contribution. Ah, I'm, I'm too good for this. Sometimes we undervalue our contribution. I, I don't have anything to bring to the table. No, don't overvalue or undervalue. Recognize that you have a place and you matter. Sometimes we overvalue or undervalue the contribution of others. Number three, we don't like what connection requires. <laughs> Brother Patrick, can I ask you a question? What has connection in the way that your family has been connected? What generally has it required of you? A little bit of time, huh? Has it, requir has it required some steadiness and faithfulness? Yep. We, we have this expectation that if you're going to be involved, you've got to be present. You don't just show up when you're doing your ministry. 
you need to show up. And if you want to get involved in a ministry, then show up. And as you are faithful, the Lord in his time, in his time, he'll open more doors and more things will happen as, as he knows what's best. But to be a part of it, to be connected, you got to be faithful. You got to give time. Not only that, you got to submit. You got to get involved. You, you got to say, hey, Brother Z's running the children's department. Hey, the Fiovis are running the youth department, and the Wicklands are helping them run the youth department. Hey, whoever is doing, Brother Nate is running the music department, whatever it is, th this particular person is over this and doing this. I just need to understand what they need and what they're after, and I need to get on board with that. Man, I'm thankful for Brother Andrew Patton and the way he started handling the ushering. And you say, well, man, Brother Andrew asked me to do it this way. I remember I went to him, and I said, hey, I noticed the, one time the offering plate, one got put down on that step, and one got put up here on this step. And I just said, hey, bro, can you make sure that the offering plates get put in the same place on both sides? And he didn't have an attitude. He didn't act like a baby. He didn't go, well, why are you talking to me like that? I've seen you do things imperfect. He just said, yes, sir, I saw that. I'm going to handle it. Thanks, no problem. We can work together to make things flow as efficiently as they possibly can. It's a blessing. You know what that's called? That's called submission and just being on board with it. It's a blessing. Here's the statement one more time. The connection of each member increases the capacity of growth for every member when you choose to connect then not only will you benefit but the entire church family will benefit let's bow our heads and close our eyes for just a moment we're not going to have any music we're not going to have any music i just want you to bow your heads and close your eyes How many of you would say this, I have noticed benefit in my life as a result of being connected to this church in whatever way in the last year? In 21, my life benefited from being connected to this church, and I just want to raise my hand in testimony and thank God for it. Man, praise him for it. Praise him for it. You can put him down. I wonder if there would be any, nobody looking around, nobody looking around. I'm not even asking in what ways. I wonder if there would be any that would raise their hand and say, I'm struggling to be connected like I need to be. And, I, and I'm not even asking if you know all the reasons why. You just say, I'm struggling. And maybe it has to do with an individual. Maybe it just has to do with a situation unrelated to church. Maybe it's something in church. You say, I'm, just, I'm struggling to be connected like I want and desire to be connected. But I want God's help to figure it out. Just raise your hand and say, yeah. Yep. I, God bless you for your honesty. He knows. He knows, and he'll help. Can I encourage you with this? If you're in that struggle, don't give up on the connection just because it's not seeming to click exactly like you want it to right now. Give it some time. Don't, don't stop trying to figure it out. It, whether it, you need to have a conversation with me or you just need to work through some things on your own, don't stop trying. I want to be a part of a church that stays connected. And the only way that's going to happen is if we choose every day to be connected. It, every day, it has its ups and downs. It has its ebbs and flows each week, each weekend. It, there are ebbs and flows to all of it. But we have to purpose. When it feels really good, when it's really hard, 
We have to choose connection over and over and over. Father, we, we see, we feel, we have experienced firsthand the benefit of being connected as a church family. And God, I, didn't, I purposely, for my own heart's sake, I didn't look around at the people raising their hands at who, those who have benefited, but I could just see from my periphery. God, I, their hands, I don't know how many. I didn't even want to pay attention to exactly whose, but there were hands going up all over the place. And God, I did that so that we might signify before you that we have benefited from the connection of this church. We desire to continue to benefit from the connection and that others might benefit from the connection. So would you help us, oh God, to choose connection. Connection with you, connection with people, and connection with service. And would you bless it? Would you help it even when it's hard? Would you help us to rejoice in it when it's good? Would you help us to be faithful in it when it's, it doesn't feel as great? Would you help us to be steady? Would you help us to be stable? Would you help us to be maturing? Would you help us to choose connection so that we might grow together in the grace of Jesus Christ? In your name, amen.